Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and we have with us Simon Yankin from FanPlayer to talk about why behavioral data is important for businesses. For our listeners who are joining us for the first time, here's a little recap. On our previous episodes, we discussed Simon's journey of establishing FanPlayer, their patent segmentation as a service technology, and the role of AI in customer service. Today, we're going to talk about behavioral data and why it matters. Um, what I wanted to touch on a little bit more is because we did talk about behavioral data, right? And I think it's, we touched on it a little bit, but I really want to kind of touch on it a little more because I think it's important. What I, um, I obviously understand it and obviously you understand it as well, but I, I want to like maybe explain to the audience a little more like why behavioral data is important for businesses. Like why is that going to be a pertinent part of this? Like you and I said, it's important and great. I, hopefully most of the people just believe that, but really why is it important? Like what is it, how does that benefit businesses? I think the best way people can think about this from a business perspective is to think about a CRM and think about the data that people would traditionally capture in a CRM. And it might be data about who is the person, what's their email address, what's their physical address, phone number, what kind of products that they'd purchased before, and are they a member of a loyalty scheme maybe? But pretty much it tends to stop there. But then you think about our own individual behavior on sites, any site that we go to, and we might visit a site 10 times and not make a purchase. And we might finally go in and make a purchase, or we might make a regular purchase, but we're going in and looking at other products, not buying them. And the business is basically completely blind to all that activity. And so if you can actually think about what is the power of data, what is the power of behavior, if you can actually really understand holistically individual behavior and link that into other CRM data, you can provide, you can anticipate and provide a better experience to that visitor also, I mean, let's be realistic. People aren't totally altruistic. They want to sell more. Yeah. So if they understand, hey, Simon's always going to my site and he's looking at all these other products and not buying them, what's going on? How can I actually motivate him to make that other purchase? So it does have a real revenue benefit. And uh, we believe it's important because... Ultimately, as the world moves away from cookies and a lot of traffic becomes anonymous, essentially that behavioral data is your best cue to understanding provide the best, most personal experience for that person. That's really what the power of the data. And it's really what FanPlayer can do is show businesses how to leverage that data how to make the most of it, how to actually provide a better experience and how to actually make more money. Yeah, you just read my mind. I was going to ask you, so how does FanPlayer, you know, tie into the behavioral data, make more money? I think that's, it's like that plus that equals that. I think most of the people listening to this are going to say, okay, this is awesome. But like, how does it, you know, how does it affect my bottom line, right? I have 99 people out of 100 that leave. The idea is, is to get more people on or the suggestive feature of it of, Hey, now you can go and, hey, if you're buying this and buy this, it's like, how do we get your $20 a 
uh, value of somebody coming in, get it up to $30 or $50 to $80 while they've got their, their wallets open and, and good things are happening there. So I wanted to touch on, cause we, you know, we, I, I kind of said something about it earlier, but the segmentation as a service and you guys received a patent on that. Tell us a little more about that because that, that intrigued me. Most people, when I talk about segmentation, you know, we think of emails and think of other stuff. So what do you have segmentation as a service? Like what, what give me, give me some intel there. Yeah, exactly. So what, what does as a service mean? So essentially it means that you can access an application as a service through the cloud. And it means that we come up with the idea and the invention of segmentation is incredibly powerful, but in every other technology provider, it exists only within their own walled garden, within their own technology environment. Mm. And given that we've built one of the world's leading segmentation engines, we thought there's potentially a very large opportunity here of making that available to anyone, to anyone to use as a service. So they can essentially pull up the segmentation engine, run a calculation, get back an answer immediately, and then move along with their business. They don't need to be heavily into and locked into Fantair ecosystem. And what, to me, I guess I'm a little bit of a skeptic about patents because, you know, big companies have a lot of them. You hear about patent trolls and lawyers and patent attorneys and, you know, really what is the ultimate value. But I think for me, one of the really significant things about the patent that we have globally for segmentation as a service is that nobody else had thought of it. And the fact yeah. that we could actually get our invention patented, not just in the US, but we have the same patent pending throughout Europe, Japan, China, Australia, you know, many other countries. It, to me, it, the main thing it says is, wow, that's amazing. Nobody else is doing that. Nobody else has thought of the, the power of segmentation. If you can make that available broadly, you can transform many, many industries. And that's really the heart of our invention. Well, the thing is, but you guys created a segmentation engine unlike any other engine. So I could understand people that are saying, well, like, we kind of got something together, but you guys were like the originals. So you're like, wait a second, we have an engine. You can plug in information. It pushes out information. People need access to this. So they don't need to be in the, the environment of, of, of fan player necessarily. And so now they can right. go get this information. So now we're a service, right? They can go in and do that. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 it is weird because I, when I read that, when, when I first said segmentation as a service, I was like, I can't believe nobody else thought of like, because like, that's, I mean, segmentation, we've talked about that for years in a number of different areas. And the fact that right. nobody else thought of that, other than the fact that they didn't have an engine that was built like you guys have built. Um, that's awesome. So, what would you say, so any advice for brands who want to leverage behavioral data? Like what exactly, like what would you, I mean, because once again, there's probably some brands that are listening to this and saying, okay, this is great. I understand it can increase sales, but do you have any advice on, on, on other ways that they can leverage? Yes, I, I would say that just thinking about the fan player platform, which is very much focused on personalization 
that we provide our platform in a few distinct areas, which I would say are areas that brands and businesses should focus on as areas for using behavioral data and AI. So one area is tar on-site targeting. And what that means essentially is monitoring all the traffic on your site and then understanding where people are lost or maybe they're about to leave, maybe they're going to abandon a shopping cart, for example, and taking an action to get people to stay on site longer and increase your conversion. So that's targeting. That's our targeting platform. That's, I would say, first area. Second area would be the fan, the fan player messaging platform, where essentially we provide one platform where any business can message using any different mess messaging uh, transport their customers. So we within our common messaging infrastructure, you can message your customers in the channel that resonates the most, whether it's email, SMS, push notifications, WhatsApp. Really, we believe that businesses should actually be attuned to the channel that their customers listen to and message the customers where it actually makes a difference. You know, a lot of people these days don't actually open emails. Now, the emails get, might get to the spam folder. So maybe you want to engage those people with SMS or with notifications or... So really, that's an area where fan player plays by combining behavioral data and AI with a common messaging platform. So when you're messaging someone about, hey, here's something you might like, which is using AI for recommendations, you can actually say, well, Shane likes to get that by SMS, Simon likes to get that in an email, and Alison likes to get that in a notification or by, by WhatsApp. So really thinking about outreach to customers as a messaging infrastructure, combining that with AI, and then using the most effective channel, that's something that we think is very powerful. And then finally, we have a platform called Merchandising, where we offer services like product recommendations, uh, product ranking. So a product ranking is one of the most popular Cat products in this category today, this week. Uh, people that like this, like that. So product rankings and also taking account of things like product availability, or it could be that merchants or retailers want to, brands want to push a certain category of product. Maybe they've got excess stock, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a merchandising platform that allows brands and retailers to really use that and use AI to push products that people want or that they want to sell in a way that's most effective. So I would say really those three general techniques are something that really I think brands and businesses should focus on.
Yeah, I, I love the, the number two you talked about is messaging in the platforms where they resonate, where people are spending their time, because that's that's where I think a lot of businesses, a lot of brands get confused and don't know how to handle that because it's like, hey, where are they? They're, they're on Twitter, they're email, it's SMS, it's going to be, it's a messenger, it's whatever that may be. And then how do we keep up with that? Like, what is like, how do I, you know, do I get 20 people on just to keep up with customer service and two new platforms that just came live this week? Like, or is it a situation where it's like, hey, we can kind of get these under wraps because we know these people like this type of messaging and have some kind of automation in place to make it better, right? To be able to make sure you're positioning that message, giving that message to them on the platform that they want to receive it on. Because if you're sending me messaging on LinkedIn, you know, as an example, and I don't check LinkedIn, guess what? There's a problem there, right? Which I can tell you that I don't check LinkedIn a lot because I, I get spammed about 500 people a day that want to sell me services. But anyways, but I, I love that. So I think that's one of the big things that I think a lot of businesses they're, they're missing, right? It's like they're missing out on that. Like, where's your customer? If your com customer is complaining or saying something good somewhere and you're not there, you need to be, right? I think that's important. So, I I been, yeah. So, sorry to interrupt, but it, I think this is incredibly important because people tend to think in the classical way about, oh, we need an email. Well, we have uh, an e email service provider. Then they hear a lot about SMS. Oh, maybe we need to think about SMS. And what about notifications? Or what about um, LinkedIn messaging? And mm -hmm. if you think about <clears throat> running all those different initiatives, how do you make them consistent? How do you actually run a coherent strategy? It's kind of impossible. Well, it's a lot yeah. of work unless you actually say, here's our messaging platform. We're linking it into AI. We're going to message people where they want to be messaged and not randomly um, in, some, in the wrong channel. I mean, once again, when you say it out loud, it's like, it makes total sense, right? Like, it's like, come on, we, we got to be where those people are at. It don't, doesn't make sense to send somebody a message you know, if I went to go send you a postcard and it wasn't your address, that's probably going to be a problem last time I checked. You're probably not going to receive it, right? I mean, it comes down to the basics. So I wanted to, so we call this, I call this the fun section of the podcast. Once again, I only say that because not that we didn't have fun up until this point, because I feel like we're, you know, we're, I mean, it's a Friday, we're kind of, we're getting warmed up here. But, um, and I know that you're a traveler. I know that you like to travel. So I wanted to ask you some questions. If there was one place that you could travel, and I'm in, really intrigued because I know you've traveled the world. There's one place you could travel for free. I'd pay for it. Or we'll figure out some way to make it work. I'll give you a nice little credit card. You can go have some fun. Where would you go? You know, I think um, I have to say Melbourne to see the family. But if, if uh, we go past the pandemic, then I would say there's a really beautiful island called Paxos, which is south of Corfu in the Greece, the Greek Ionian Islands, mm. and it's kind of unspoiled, and the most amazing water you've ever seen in your life, and just incredible boating and swimming, and just the Greek lifestyle. It's it's quite um, a favorite place. And is that like like with Santorini and Naxos and all? Like is that in that in those islands there, or it's not in the same island chain. This is an Ionian island. Uh, um, so it's in a different part of the sea, but they're all beautiful. Yeah. I, I've been to Naxos and Santorini, and it was like, man, I, I could understand why people don't ever want to leave here. I, what's up? That's on my list. I always tell people the reason, half the reason I ask people where they want to go is so I can add it to my list of places that I want to go to. So another question for you. So, okay, I'm, I've added you to that, my, your, your place in my top 10. 
if I could choose, if, or if you could choose one superpower, what would it be? Look, I have to say it would be time travel mm. because I'm kind of fascinated by the past and the future. And I'd love to go back in time, meet my ancestors, talk to them and really understand them because I honestly believe as a person that, yes, we are shaped by experience and how we're brought up, but we're also so like our parents and their parents, they were like their parents and so on. So I'd love to go be able to go back and meet my ancestors. And it'll be incredibly fun to go to the future as well. I, you know, back to the future, I love, love those movies, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that's interesting. I, I would love to meet like the people that made the people that made the people that made the people that ended so that we were born. So I, I think that would be intriguing to kind of, you know, probably have some very specific questions I'd ask and also say, wow, I'm very much like my great, 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 great grandfather. Who knew, you know, because of certain things that they did and, and the characteristics and in the future, I think would equally be as fun. Might be a little scary. I mean, it'd be fun, but it would be like, whoa, this is this is the future. Huh? I, I thought maybe I understood what the future was going to be. Now I'm here. This is a little crazy. This is a little crazier than the Jetsons, I guess, is probably what I would be thinking. Um, so what about what about any um, like favorite books or podcasts, anything that's shaped your career, your personality? Like what are some what are some good stuff? Once again, this is I strictly I do this for my audience, but literally it's for me. I write down the books so I can go read them myself because I'm trying to get smarter every day. What, what are some good ones? Yeah, look, I think um, I'm going to stay away from the business books because that would be an expected answer. I would say, um, and it's similar to my your previous question, that I'm intrigued by time travel. So I like, as a kid, I read Time Machine by H.G. Wells and, you know, really made me think about the future and um, how progress happens and, you know, I, I was intrigued by the book. So yeah, I, a huge, huge impact. I mean, that that gave you your superpower in the future. I mean, that's that's how much that book made an impact. I've actually sure. I've heard about the book, but I've never read it. So I'll, I'll add that to my list for sure. So Simon, I knew this was going to be fun, man. I, I knew having you on here. I knew that you knew about AI, but it's I love the fact that you made it like bite-sized pieces so people can understand, hey, don't be scared. You know, it's not a Will Smith movie where we're all going to die in the end and they're going to take us over. Um, but it is, it's being used every day and it's uh, applicable and it's understandable. So if Simon, anybody wants to get in contact with you or, or learn more about fan player, where can they go about doing that? Shane, so I would say uh, LinkedIn, um, Simon Yankin, LinkedIn, email simonfanplayer.com without the E. And then I actually have an Instagram account that um, posts favorite photos on S. Jenkins. So please, if anyone's interested, have a look at my Instagram. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go add you to Instagram only because I want to see pictures of the future. So because I figure if you go there, that you'll probably take pictures and hopefully get back and then put it on your Instagram, and then I can know a little bit about the future because I don't have those superpowers yet. So I know that you're one step closer to getting them now that we put it out to the universe. Well, I think it's all that, all that this AI technology. I, I didn't mention that uh, secret power that um, the secret fourth um, AI technology. I, I love it. it. The, the the next the next the next saga, huh? the next step to the AI thing. I'm I'm exactly. looking forward to it. So thanks, Simon, for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on my podcast. If you're listening to the podcast and you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe. 
And I don't know if many of you know, but we just got featured as one of the top 20 best marketing podcasts by Marketing Logic. I want to thank you guys so much for putting us on the top of your list. Next week, we'll talk to another marketing leader. So stay tuned to the Marketing Growth Podcast for lots of insights and fun conversations.